Any subtraction from the gospel is a serious and dangerous mistake. Jesus firmly insists on an intelligent grasp of God's plan or gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus makes grasping the gospel of the kingdom the essential requisite for repentance and forgiveness. Jesus said, if they were to perceive and understand the gospel about the kingdom of God, Matthew 13, 19, then they would repent and be forgiven. Mark 4, verses 11 to 12. Jesus' first command and the basic thesis of all his gospel teaching is repent, as to say, change your mind and life and believe the gospel about the kingdom of God being at hand. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Everything else Jesus and the apostles said is an expansion of this key core concept. Jesus also said that the gospel of the kingdom is so vital to salvation that, and I quote, when anyone hears the gospel about the kingdom of God, Matthew 13, 19, the devil comes and snatches away the word of the kingdom, that is, the word from his heart, so that he may not believe it and be saved. Luke 8, verse 12. Luke used the code word, word, for the gospel of the kingdom. The use of word for the gospel is very frequent in the New Testament. See my book, Our Fathers Who Aren't in Heaven, appendix, page 359. Paul was also a career preacher of the gospel of the kingdom, following Jesus his Lord. Acts 20, verses 24 to 25, Acts 28, verses 23 and 31, Acts 19, verse 8, and compare with those verses, Acts 8, verse 12. Christians are also commanded to preach that same gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, and Luke 9, verse 60. How well are we doing with this task? How well are you doing? if you cannot define the gospel as Jesus did. Who was Jesus? A little book of guidance by Dr. James D.G. Dunn reports how disastrously and early on believers had abandoned belief in Jesus and his gospel and teachings. Dr. Dunn says this, Jesus' ministry is in effect replaced in early Christian preaching by proclamation of Jesus' death and resurrection. It is true that in his account of Christianity's beginnings, Luke does retain an emphasis on the kingdom of God, but he also hints that the message was easily misunderstood. Acts 1.6 And compared with Jesus, Paul makes relatively little reference to the kingdom of God. But the gospel accounts are very clear about the focus of Christ's message. Yet the gospel of the kingdom of God is nearly absent from Christianity today. 
Eric Jones observes, The myriad of churches that make up Christianity profess that their religion is based on Jesus Christ. Nearly all claim him as their founder and say that their teachings are based on what he said and did 2,000 years ago. But sadly, there are many doctrines where mainstream Christianity ignores or actually rejects the teachings of Jesus Christ. This month's column makes a bold assertion. Mainstream Christianity does not teach the same message that Jesus Christ brought when he walked the earth 2,000 years ago. Jesus had a central message that formed the basis for his entire ministry and teachings. He pinpointed this central message in the heart of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He made a statement about what should be the highest priority for his followers. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Matthew 6, verse 33. In an editorial in the journal Missiology, Dr. Arthur F. Glasser says, Let me ask, when is the last time you heard a sermon on the kingdom of God? Frankly, I'd be hard put to recall ever having heard a solid exposition of this theme. How do we square this silence with the widely accepted fact that the kingdom of God dominated our Lord's thought and ministry? My experience is not uncommon. I've checked this out with my colleagues. Of course, they readily agree. They've often heard sermons on bits and pieces of Jesus' parables. But as for a solid sermon on the nature of the kingdom of God as Jesus taught it, upon reflection, they too began to express surprise that it is a rare pastor who tackles the subject. That's from the journal Missiology of April 1980. The New Testament speaks of the kingdom of God not just as prophecy or eschatology, as a so-called optional extra, but as the saving gospel itself. As George Ladd pointed out so well, society is divided into two antithetical classes. Those who hear and receive the word of the kingdom and those who either do not know it or reject it. That's in Ladd's Theology of the New Testament. Professor B.T. Viviano observed, as a teacher of the New Testament literature, it early became obvious to me that the central theme of the preaching of the historical Jesus of Nazareth was the near approach of the kingdom of God. Yet to my amazement, this theme played hardly any role in the systematic theology I'd been taught in the seminary. Upon further investigation, I realized that this theme 
had in many ways been largely ignored in the theology and spirituality and liturgy of the church in the past 2,000 years, and when not ignored, often distorted beyond recognition. How could this be? That's from the book The Kingdom of God in History, written in 1988. The key to what has gone so wrong is summarized in the following perceptive statement. The long and bitter controversy which led to the definition in metaphysical terms of the twofold nature of Christ, nothing seems to be more remote from the realities of the Christian faith than this dreary controversy. But for the Greek mind, everything was at stake in it. It is not surprising that modern writers have found a crucial proof that Christianity in the course of the Gentile mission had changed into a new religion. The church, while still calling itself by the name of Jesus, had forgotten or refused to know what Jesus had actually taught. That's a statement from Professor E.F. Scott in a book, The Kingdom of God in the New Testament. I trust finally that the information above will intensify your interest in defining the gospel of the kingdom as Jesus preached it and thus defining the original Christianity of our New Testament.